Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, good evening, River of Life. I'm glad that you're here, and uh, I just want you to know that had you been in this place about three hours ago, it would have looked a lot different than it looks right now. Um, we had guys that were out here last night, and they ripped out walls, and they did all kinds of stuff in preparation for the new stage that is coming, and we are believing that. So they're already ripping stuff apart. We've already o- ordered some stuff. Next week, we're taking the offering for that stage. Um, But can I tell you that even this week, we had more money come in, so we are under $20,000 away from having that $50,000 goal. So what a a blessing that is that we are even that much closer um, to having what we we need in order to complete that. And so for the next few weeks, it's going to look a little bit different while they continue to work on this. And then we are super excited and hoping that by the beginning of February, the stage will be complete and we'll be ready to go. Won't that be cool? And with that, I will probably in the first couple weeks of February be wearing a very special suit. Um, And shoes. That's true. Um, so anyhow, so you're going to want to make note of that. And, and next weekend is when we're taking the big offering. And so if you've been just praying about it and figuring out what is it that God would have you to do, please, 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 though, do not just take what your normal tithes would be and move them to this, the stage, because we still need your tithes in order to fund all of the things that are happening here at River. So that actually does us no good for you to just switch them to a different fund. Uh, we need you to we need you to be able to to do this above and beyond what you would normally give, and we appreciate that so much. It does make it so that it it uh, will look a lot better for those who are watching in our campuses in Wyoming and Alaska and Malawi, and also those who are watching in the jail and the prison. And so we just are super blessed that you would participate in that with us. Also, I wanted to mention to you if you weren't here last last week, you know that we did. If you were with us last week, you know that we did the word for the year. And uh, we do this every New Year's. We just ask you to pray about it and ask God to give you a word that will be for this coming year. And if you have not yet done that, there are some of those cards still available back at the Welcome Center. So I'd encourage you to grab one of those and pray into that. How many of you have already gotten your word for the year? Okay, many of you in the room have already done that. I am still actually praying about it. God has not given me a clarity onto what my word is yet, but I am believing and I, and, and I just love to be able to do that and, and put it somewhere where throughout the whole year, I'll be reminded of what God spoke over me for this year and I'm believing great things. Amen? Amen. Well, we're in a series that we've called Built to Last and uh, today I want to just take a few moments and we're going to look at a lot of scripture this evening. Um, Nikki is gone and Nikki is usually the one that will put all the scriptures in for me every week. And she asked Seth, she said, hey, would you mind just doing this for me this week? And so I came down yesterday and Seth was sitting at the computer and he's like, how many verses are you using this week? And uh, I said, man, what do you got something against the Bible? What's the deal, bro? So we got a lot to go through, but we're gonna start in Hebrews chapter three. It says this, and so dear brothers and sisters who belong 
who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. For he was faithful to God who appointed him just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses, just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise uh, than the house itself. For every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work uh, was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. But Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house, and we are God's house. If we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope, uh, in our hope in Christ. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments, as we look at your word, I pray, Father, that you will show us what we need to see. God, as we understand that you are the builder, that God, we are, we are not the one to be credited for anything, but Lord, as we lean into you and we put our hope and our trust in you, God, you will build something that is exactly what you need. And so, Father, I pray for everyone within the sound of my voice, whether they're watching in Star Valley or whether they're watching in Malawi or Alaska or in the jail, or maybe they're just at home, or those who are sitting in this room right now, I just pray, God, that wherever we are in our faith journey, that, God, we would lean into you, that we would trust you more, that, God, all of the things that have been distractions to us, we'll be able to set those things aside, and we'll be able to be who you've asked us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So as we look at this verse, I want you to notice that it is the Lord that builds the house. It is neither us or our strength. It's not in the power of our flesh. It's whatever God, and whatever God builds is what will remain. So today I want to take a few moments and I want to talk about the foundation. Because if you uh, have any building experience whatsoever, and I do not, but I have, I have been there while other people built houses for me. And I know that the foundation is key. Last night, there was a huge windstorm where we come, where we were live, where we live. And I'm sure you guys experienced that as well, but it was super loud. And in those moments, I was so grateful because I know that the foundation of my home is secure. How many of you know that winds are going to come into your life, that storms are going to press against you? And so the foundation, although it is not the most, uh, it's not the most fun thing, like when our house was being built, we would go up every other day and we'd go see the progress. And we were excited when we saw the foundation put there, but it wasn't like, hey, let's bring our friends up to look at our foundation. <laughs> so cool. Look how neat it is. It's cement. It's awesome, Right. <laughs> Never did we do that. We, we were like, we understood this is going to be great, but right now it's just cement. And so we, we just, with that, a lot of times the foundation is one of the things that's overlooked, but it's so important. And as we talk about us being built to last, we need to understand the importance of our foundation. Psalm 127 verse 1 says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. So we've got to, as believers, come to a place where we understand that this life, as fleeting as it is, it is his. He has, he has put us here. He has ordained us. He has set us here for such a time as this. And we need to be, the, we need to be allowing him to step into our life and to be the one that builds uh, the way that our life looks. Genesis chapter 11, verse 4 says, uh, Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens. 
so that we may uh, make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. So as we look at this story in Genesis, the, the people of the world are all coming together and they're saying, hey, let's do something on our strength. Let's build something that is about us. And I think that many of us, whether we call ourselves Christians in this room or we don't, many of us live our lives building what we want. And we want to do something that's going to make us famous or make us popular or make us successful in this life. But when we do that, what we realize is we, it, what, it won't take us too long to figure out is that we set ourselves up for failure because it's only when God builds the house that we look the way that he needs us to look, that we accomplish the things that he needs us to accomplish, and that we actually find ourselves feeling fulfilled. It's through that that we find the pursuit of God that we find ourselves fulfilled and our desires all of a sudden are met. But many of us, because the world tells us just the opposite, that you need to build yourself a brand. You need to build yourself something that, that, that will make you feel good. The reality is, is if you've ever been in that position where you, you built the house that you always wanted or you, you got the car that you always thought would fulfill you, it's amazing how that's so fleeting that it doesn't take long before all of a sudden you realize that actually didn't do anything for me. It lasted for about 20 minutes and that's about as, as long as it lasted. But as we look at this and we begin to understand that God has so much more for us. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, it says this, because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be careful for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, and straw. But on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through the wall of flames, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? So as we look at this, it says that there's going to be a day when what we build, the, the foundation is Christ, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment, because it's not just Christ, but it's God's word. But as we look at this, when we, we have a firm foundation, but how many of you know, you can build on a cement foundation, you can build using all different materials, and what materials you use will determine if it's going to last or if it's not going to last. If all of a sudden we said, hey, I got a firm foundation so I can build from anything. So we just went out and we just started cutting down some grass and some knapweed and, and we just started like putting something together. I mean, you know, you might be fine if there's no weather whatsoever, but as soon as anything comes, it's going gonna, it's gonna to falter. When we look at this, it says that you can build with all kinds of things, but it's going to be put to a test. So what you build your life on is going to be tested. On that day when we, if you've accepted Christ and you get to go and stand before him and he says, yes, well done, my good and faithful servant, now what's gonna happen is they're gonna look at what you've accomplished and the things that were done for you and for your kingdom and for you to be famous and for you to be popular, those things are gonna be burned away. It's only what you've done for him that will stand that test. 
It's only the things that you've poured into that you've said, God, you're so important to me that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to give and I'm going to, I'm going to participate and I'm going to serve and I'm going to show up and I'm going to love people and I'm going to, I'm going to step into people's stories even when it's super inconvenient for me to do so because I know who you are and I know how much you love me and I know that that's what your call is for my life. Then when you do those things, those things will withstand that test. Some things will be burned by God's consuming fire. Others will be refined by his fire. See, even in our lives right now, we can understand that there are things in our life when we begin to walk our journey with Jesus Christ, that there is sometimes a fire that will still come into your life. But oftentimes, if you're doing what God's called you to do, it actually is a refining fire. It's not a fire meant to destroy or consume you. It's a fire that's meant to refine you, to make you into who he needs you to be. But as we look at this idea of foundation, it is up to us to, to choose the foundation that we're going to live our life for. And we cannot pass the buck. We, we all need to examine our own lives and be honest about it. Because for many of us, again, if you've been in the church for any amount of time, you, it's easy to go, yeah, I know the right answer. But are you actually doing the right answer? Are you actually living the right answer? And it's, so as we look at this, Luke chapter 6, verse 47 says this. I will show you what he is like uh, who comes to me and hears my word and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came and the torrent uh, struck that house, but couldn't, could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck the, uh, that house, it collapsed and its, and its destruction was complete. So I, I was watching, uh, they were building these skyscrapers in London and I watched this little documentary on it and they were, they were talking about how hard it was because they had torn down some older buildings and so they had a very small confined space to work in and as they were talking about this skyscraper that they were going to build, they had to go really, really deep in order to make sure that that was really secure. And as I looked at that, I couldn't believe how deep they were actually digging. And one of the things that they said inside of that was the upward progression is nothing compared to the downward preparation. See, we can, we can look real pretty on the outside and we can be really tall and stand up straight because I'm a believer and I go to church and I'm involved in all these things. But if the foundation is shallow... All it's going to take is a little bit of wind. All it's going to take is just a little bit of something to push against you and you won't make it. And so as we, we've come out of the series just a few months ago, the pushback, and, and we talked about all the things that could happen and how hard it can be, this is so vitally important to us in our faith journey that we understand that if we're going to be built to last, it starts with a foundation, it starts with that, that depth of preparation because, that, because of how important it will be for us when those winds come. We're not going to be able to build ourselves up to where God needs us to be if we haven't first dug down deep into what he has called us to have as our foundation. If they skimp on the foundation, the whole building will be at risk. If as Christians we neglect the foundation then no matter how great of a structure we build, eventually it will be destroyed. 
So I want to take a moment right here and I want us to talk about a few things that we maybe build our lives on that are actually very unstable. And for some of these, you, some of you, you are going to hear some of these and go, no way, that's not even in, on my radar. But for some of you, I believe that, that we all have different areas of our life that maybe we lean into. And the first one is popular culture. Some people think that they simply do what every other person is doing. And if it's popular, then that's what they do too. Yet, what's popular today won't be popular tomorrow. Yeah, Galatians chapter 1 verse 9 says, As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. I am now trying to win the appro- I am not trying to win the approval of human beings or of God. Amen. Or am I trying to please people? If I, if I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So basing your life on popular culture is like building a house on a foundation that is constantly moving. Popular culture will continue to move. It will continue to shift. It will always, it will always move in a different direction. And as we've watched over the last decade, popular culture has continued to degrade and degrade and degrade to a place where you can't chase after pop culture and still believe the Bible to be true. And that's why so many places are removing so much from Scripture because they want to have both. They want to be popular in culture, but they also want to have parts of God's Word. And it doesn't work. It's not what God's Word says. It says that we are to hold true to what His Word says, and that needs to be our foundation. The other foundation that we can build our life on is tradition. People will build their lives on what has always been done or how their parents did it. Now, this makes sense on some level because if you were raised in the church, you know that there are so many things within the church that we just do because it's what we've always done. But I would encourage you that the more we spend time in God's word, the more that when some of those things come up, we can push back on those. Because God has not called us to tradition. He's called us to a foundation of his word. No tradition lasts forever. It it eventually wears out because it becomes obsolete. Jesus even tells the Pharisees in Mark chapter 7, you have let uh, go of the commands of God and are holding to human traditions. So in other words, the the Pharisees, they have gotten to a place where they, they are just living out what they've known. They've been taught from generation to generation to generation, and it's become more important to them than God's word. Now, as a church, we need to always be in God's word so we understand what truth is so that if somebody ever gets up here and if I preach something that doesn't line up with his word, you should call me out on it. And we shouldn't make decisions based on this is the way we've always done it. One of the things that I love about River of Life Church is there's been so many things that we've walked through that we're like, hey, this is great. The way we're doing this is awesome. The way that we're walking this out is so good. But as soon as it stops being effective, we're very good about just letting things go and moving to what the next thing is because we want to be where God needs us to be, not just living in the past of what was a success back in the day. Tradition is the furniture in the house. It can be moved or replaced. God's word is the foundation and it cannot be. Another thing that we can build our our foundation on is reason. 
or we can make our foundation out of reason. God gave us the ability to reason. We need to use it, but our reason isn't infallible. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25 says this, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. The reason, uh, the reason is the smartest among us will falter at times. So if we just go on what, we, what, we, what our logic tells us or what we feel is true, and that's what we begin to just chase after, we always have to line those things up with God's word because even though when, when we can read this and we can go, man, some of this is really hard for me to wrap my brain around. Some of this is extremely difficult and I don't understand why God would do things the way that he did them. And I'm right with you. Some of the stories that I read, I'm like, man, God, when I get to heaven, you're gonna have to explain that to me because that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But the reality is, is if I got to go by what makes sense to me all the time, then a lot of this book I'm going to end up ignoring. And how many of you know, then it can't be my foundation if I'm choosing to pick and choose what I want out of the book. Enlightened is a popular phrase today, and it's a way for us to make ourselves feel superior. But the reality is we can't base our faith journey and we can't build our house on our reason because our reason is not infallible. The next one is probably one of the biggest ones that a lot of people deal with and they try and build their house on emotions. Some build their lives on feeling and if it feels right, then I'll do it. But feelings lie and they lie all the time. We know that to be true, but yet so many of us, we allow our feelings to dictate our direction. So we will, we feel like doing something, so we do it. We feel like going to church, we'll go to church. We feel like being involved in serving, we'll, we'll serve. But when we don't feel like going to church, we won't go to church. When we don't feel like reading the word, we won't read the word. Because I'm going to just do whatever I feel. But God has called us to say, no, what is your foundation? What is it that you're building your house on? Because if you're not building it on his word, the storm will come. It will take it out. It doesn't work to build your life on popular culture, tradition, reason, or emotion. We have to build our life on God's word. Jesus says it in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. So when... Uh, if Jesus is the cornerstone, his word is our foundation. Luke chapter six, verse 47. I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. So as we look back at that verse that we read at the beginning, he's saying, listen, this is like a guy who builds his house on something that is solid. And so the more we spend time in God's word, the more we understand who God is and how he sees us, the stronger we become when those winds come and the storms arise, because all of a sudden we're built on something that will not go away. Today, people want to remove portions of God's word. They want to make it appear more acceptable. They want to put themselves into a position where it, Jesus is more likable, right? Like, let's remove stuff so he doesn't look so mean, because some of the Old Testament seems pretty harsh. And, and so we, we start to want to remove stuff. And, and I heard a preacher say one time, when people want to remove God's word, he said, does God have bad breath? And, uh, and then he followed it with 2 Timothy 3.16 that says, all scripture is God breathed. Amen. 
and is useful teach, for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So unless you're going to offer God a breath mint, I don't think you want to mess with his word. Because it's truth and it's necessary. When we look at this and we go, man, that's harsh and that's hard and I don't know what to do with that. Timothy tells us right there, it's for what? Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Nowhere in there does it say coddling. Right? It's hard because that's what makes us grow. It's hard because in that we can hold this up as a mirror and go, is that what I look like? And if it isn't, then we need to change some things. If Jesus is your cornerstone and your foundation is his, is his word, then you need to understand that sometimes when we, when, we, when we dig into this, it's going to be like having surgery on ourselves. Why is it that it's hard sometimes? Some of you, maybe you just started your, your new year and part of your resolution was, I'm gonna get into God's word more. I'm gonna spend more time studying it and, and whatever. And maybe you, you're a week in and, and you're doing good or maybe you're struggling with it to this day. And part of it may be that when you, when you really dig into this, it can hurt sometimes. Yeah. It can be hard to take because a lot of this is, is showing us what we're supposed to look like. And if we don't look like that, then it's, it, it becomes a struggle. But if we really realize, hey, God is doing this not because he doesn't like us, it's because he loves us. Yeah. When, you, when you rebuke your children, when you tell them, hey, knock it off, you're, you're, you're not gonna get away with doing that anymore, it's not because you hate them, it's because you love them enough to say, I'm gonna set you up for success. Yeah. So as we look at this, God is doing everything that he can. He's not trying to give you warm fuzzies. He doesn't care about giving you warm fuzzies. He doesn't want you to, to look at this book and justify your bad decisions. He wants you to look at this book and go, man, I've been making some bad decisions and I need to move forward in making the right decision. Amen. In the book of Proverbs chapter 30, it says, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Do not add to his words lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. So as we look at this, and, and this is, as we're talking about being built to last, I, I, I threw a ton of scripture at you. And, and part of the reason is, is I want you to understand that it is throughout the book that we understand that God is saying, this book is so important and we as believers need to live this thing out. We need to, we need to trust it. We need to make this what we build our lives on because he has not called us to be politically correct but to stand for what is true. We live in a society right now that, that pushes hard to just everything is included and everybody is the same and we're all good and you shouldn't push back on anybody and you shouldn't say any kind of truth that is your truth that makes it hard on somebody else and their truth. And it's all such nonsense. And God is saying, listen, I, I have not called you to be politically correct. I've called you to stand on what is true. Because if this is your foundation, there's a lot of people and there's even a lot of believers who it actually isn't their foundation. 
They found their foundation in all different places. And so when those winds come and the storms arise, they will be broken down. They will get to a place where they will not stand. And so I just want to encourage you during this, this uh, series that as we're talking about being built to last, we need to understand where our strength actually comes from. It, we're not, none of us in the room, we're, we're not strong enough. We're not able to do it on our own. And so why is it important that we're going we're gonna to talk to you about like being, being here and being involved and, and spending time in worship and spending time in God's word? And why are those things so important? Because in those moments, we have this ability for God to speak into our lives and to build us and to strengthen us and to make us into who he wants us to be because he's the one that builds the house. And if he's not building your house, then all that you're laboring in is in vain, according to his word. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 12, it says, whatever I command you, be careful to observe it. You shall not add to it nor take away from it. And he's talking about his word. There are so many places right now that are doing everything they can to divide the body of Christ. Why? Because the end times are near. And there's a separation that's coming. And if you are not built on this word, you are in trouble. And when we look at it and it says, do not take away from, do not add to it, understand it, lean on it, trust in it, make your foundation, make this your foundation. All those things are so important for us. And so for many of you, I I thought, what's the practical step that we can walk away from this weekend with? And I believe with all my heart that, that statistically, as you look at it, it, most believers don't spend time in this book other than when they're sitting in, this, in a, a room like this. Yeah. And how are we gonna stand if we don't even know it? Yeah. How will we recognize, if you're not in this book on your own, then how is it that you'll even know if I'm not preaching the truth or not? Yeah. If all you have to go on, if the only scripture you ever read is what I put up on there or Seth puts up on there, You don't know if that's even actually scripture then. Get in the book. Get in the book. And maybe you, maybe you struggle with it. Maybe it's something that you're like, man, I have a hard time. I, at night, I sit down and I'm ready and I, I open my Bible and I, I pull out my little readers and I'm ready to go. Don't mock me. And, and it doesn't take long and all of a sudden I'm like out, I'm sleeping. So I do in the morning, I wake up bright and early and I sit down and I open my Bible and next thing you know, my mind is going all different directions. Can I tell you, figure out what works for you. We live in a time right now and and as of right now, they're still available on our smart devices, the Bible is. So even if it's while you're driving in and out to work, let it play, the audio version of it play and listen to his word, soak in his word hear his word because it changes things I, I want this church to be so ready so that when hard times come we are, we are ready we know it we know what he's, his word says we understand that he has promises for us in this book that are for us and we believe them and we, we want to walk them out but that isn't going to be possible if, 
if the only time you hear this is when it's me speaking it. If the only time that you're spending any time in it is when somebody's up here saying it to you. So I just want to challenge you this, this week. I want to, as a practical step, I'm going to ask you to do something. And I'm going to ask you to, to just take 15 minutes every day. And maybe you already do more than that, so then don't go backwards. I'm not telling you to go backwards. But if you're doing nothing right now, do 15 minutes a day where you're opening his word and you're spending time. If you don't, you go, I don't even know where to start. Start in the book of John. Just read about Jesus. You can never go wrong with reading about Jesus. But open up the book and go 15 minutes every night. And and I'll I'll guarantee you that for some of you, you're going to get through that 15 minutes and you're going to want to keep reading. But a lot of us, it's going to take some training. We've got to get our minds into a place where we're saying, this is important. And here's what else I'm going to ask you to do. Before you even open the book, I'm going to ask you to say a prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray and say, God, whatever you have for me, will you show it to me today? Because God is so faithful and he loves you so much and his word is alive. It's amazing to me when I'll open the book and I'll read a verse that I've read a hundred times before. But something that I'm walking through in my life right at the moment, I open it and all of a sudden that thing looks completely different to me. Because the Holy Spirit will speak to you. I want this church to become passionate about the Word of God. I want us to not just talk about that we have a Bible, but I want us to get into the Bible. I want you to read it. I want you to fall in love with it. And I want you to make it the foundation on which you build everything else. Because it is the firm foundation. Amen? I'm going to ask you to close your eyes with me for a moment. We're going to wrap this time up with just a little bit of worship. But, you know, we're still in this season where we're, we've stepped into a new year. talking about our faith and what do we need to do in this in this season and how do we lean in and and trust God more and and figure out our faith journey even more than we have before so tonight I I just want to wrap up with an opportunity I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come forward and just make themselves available there's some space still left here at the altar if you want to spend some time down here but I just really feel like there's a value in us just saying, God, help me to grow this year. And if you're struggling with getting into his word, then pray about it. God, help me to fall in love with your word. If you're struggling to spend time in prayer, then God, help me to make space for you. Maybe your relationship with God feels one-sided. You feel like you're just talking to him and you're not hearing anything back. Then pray and ask him, God, let me hear you. Because all those things are accessible to you. But you got to want them. Because God is a gentleman and he won't force himself on you. But he absolutely wants to be an integral part of your life. So I want to pray over you. We're going to pray over each and every one of you that wherever you are in your journey, that, that this will be a moment even right now in this room that you can just lean in and say, God, I, I want more of you. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful. God, you love us. 
Lord, even as we just sang about earlier, about this amazing love that we're to have for you, but that you had it for us first. So God, I just pray right now, as we step into these last few moments in this room, that God, they'll actually be a catalyst for a deeper walk with you. Lord, for those who struggle to get into your word, I pray that God, this would be a week that as they spend time in your word, you'll help them to fall in love with it. God, for those who are so busy doing all kinds of things and they've built a foundation on something other than you, I pray that God, you would call them back to that first love. That God, we would build ourselves the way that you've asked us to so that we can make the biggest impact in this world that we can. God, whatever needs are represented in this room, and I know that there are physical needs. I know that Richard needs a touch from you right now. God, I pray that you touch little Elijah today, that God, you'd bring healing to him. God, I lift up Dolores to you. She needs a touch from you right now as she continues to heal. God, I just pray, Lord, whatever those needs are, that we'd be able to bring them to you and lay them at your feet and trust you and know that you are good, that you are God, and that you are in control. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand as we sing? The altars are open. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.